Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Dear Parents podcast, where we make an effort to bridge the gap between adults and teenagers. I am your host, Julia Shadman, and on this podcast, we discuss topics that Generation Z finds to be important in order to have a conversation with our parents, grandparents, teachers, and more on why we are so passionate about these certain issues. On today's episode, we will be diving deeper into the topic of sexual orientation, which by definition means a person's identity in relation to the gender or genders to which they are sexually attracted, the fact of being heterosexual, homosexual, etc. We will take a look at homophobia in schools, misconceptions, and how gender identity and sexual orientation connect in a lot of different ways. We will also discuss how mental health affects the lives of many LGBTQ plus people and how parents can be supportive of their child who is exploring their sexual orientation. Joining me today are Max Jimenez and Franny Knight, both seniors at South Pasadena High School and a part of the LGBTQ plus community. They will be providing their personal insight on these topics in order to provide our adult audience with hopefully a new and important perspective on sexual orientation. So I'm going to ask my guests to introduce themselves, a little background, um, say their pronouns, and we'll get started. Okay. Um, hi, I'm Max. My pronouns are he, him. I'm a senior, as Julia said. Um, I'm gay. Um, and yeah. Okay. Hi, my name's Franny. I'm also a senior um, at South Pass. And I identify as queer and I use she, her pronouns. Thank you guys for introducing yourselves. And actually, Franny, do you think you could like quickly say like a a brief definition of what queer means? Yeah, queer kind of just means like you kind of just like who you like. And like there's no it's very fluid. Queer can kind of be whatever you want. Um, it includes people of all genders and all that kind of stuff. And it's just, it's a little more fluid than being labeled as bisexual or pansexual or something like that. Okay. Thank you for that definition. Cause I know I was talking to my mom about it the other day and she was like, I grew up and the term queer was like a derogatory term. So I think people should know that it's not anymore. Yeah. It definitely has been reclaimed by a lot of people, but people do still use that in like a very um, derogatory way. Yeah, people can Um, use it in a negative way. In the same way that people use gay as like a derogatory term. Yeah. Okay. That was just a quick little side note. But um, the first, we're just going to dive right in. So the first topic I wanted to discuss um, is something that I talk a lot about with my own friends, my friends sitting or sitting here with me today. Um, And that is homophobia in schools. I think there's a misconception that we don't have any more homophobia in learning environments, which isn't true because I've, I know people who've had experience of homophobia and because uh, like our generation, our society thinks we're so progressed past homophobia, um, we don't realize that it's still there. So um, if any of you guys want to like share an experience you've had, just to give a little background and we can talk more about it. 
Yeah, um, I think homophobia definitely does still exist. And maybe it's not as like in your face as it used to be. Like no one's going to come up to you and call you the F slur or anything. Or maybe they will. Um, but a lot of experiences that I've had are, you know, people calling out things that I used to do, like especially in sophomore year, like I would in freshman year in middle school. I would make sure that, you know, my legs weren't crossed or like my voice was deeper um, around certain people or um, I was dressing a certain way. Because if you weren't to do that, even if it was just a small joke, like someone being like, oh, that's like gay or like, oh, that's sus, which, by the way, I hate that word so much. Don't say sus. That's so annoying. Um, For those for the parents who don't know, that's that's something that a lot of kids say now. but um homophobia is definitely still here it's just a lot quieter than it used to be so i have an example like in sophomore year i had this rain jacket that i really liked and it was gray and it was very like streamlined i think it was from uniqlo or something and i brought it out of my backpack on a rainy day and this kid who doesn't go to our school anymore was like max is that your jacket And I was like, no, it's not because I assumed that he was going to make some sort of connection because he he was just that type of person to like say stuff like that. So I was like, no, it's not. It's it's one of my friends. And he was like, "Okay, good, because if it was, that'd be like really sus. Like, that'd be so gay because it like, I guess, looked feminine to him. So just those things. I mean, I wasn't out at the time and I think maybe I would feel more comfortable. I mean, I wouldn't enjoy someone saying that to me now. But at the time when I was in the closet, like it feels like someone's outing you even to mention like sexuality in the first place, if that makes sense. So, yeah, in conclusion, homophobia does still exist. It's just quieter than it used to be. Yeah, I definitely think that stuff like that happens all the time. I mean, you you walk past a group of people and they're like, that's so gay. Or they're like, they literally just call each other the F slur. And I'm just like in shock that people still think that that's like hilarious it's not um and I also had a clothing experience like that with Max one day at school this was like sophomore year like right before COVID and um I was wearing like jeans and a flannel or something like I guess considered more masculine and then this girl that I had like recently told I was like oh yeah like I like this girl or whatever and she's like oh my god like blah 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 she was really supportive, but she came up to me and she was like, oh my God, of course you're wearing that. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, just because I told you I like this girl that doesn't give you the right to like tell my, like it was in front of like a bunch of other people too. It doesn't give you the right to be like, oh, like you're wearing that because of this. Like, no, I'm just wearing that because that's what I've always worn. So yeah. yeah. That's like stereotyping you and also just outing you to people who you haven't. Yeah, told. it was in front of people that I just hadn't told. And of course they were like, wait, what do you mean by that? And it's like, ah, like, what am I supposed to do in that? It's so awkward. Yeah, like someone might not realize that a small comment is actually offending someone. They don't think it's that big of a deal, but it does like words matter. And like people hear what you're going to say and it's offensive. So you have to watch what you're saying. Like if somebody trusts you, confides in you to like come out with their sexuality, which is a very personal thing, like you got to watch what you're saying because you have that trust. 
and you don't want it to be taken away. Yeah. And the other thing too, that I've noticed with small comments, they kind of like build up. So maybe you'll hear like one and it's like, okay, whatever. But the smaller they are, the more common they are too, I've noticed. And like, when you hear something over and over and over and over again, it's like exhausting, but it also kind of starts to affect you and the perception of yourself. And maybe you start to view yourself in a negative way. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I've heard adults, I've seen adults talking kind of in a very heteronormative like um, way where they'll only talk about girls liking boys or boys liking girls. Like I've had family members talk to me, like, are there any boys you're interested? They don't really open the floor up to like anyone else. And it kind of creates that heteronormative structure that is what we all grew up on. I agree. I just think that a lot of adults, they'll say these things and not realize how it affects queer people. Like when you hear someone asking, you know, oh, do you like this girl or do you have any have any girls in mind or like, oh, have any, have anyone? Um, and or I guess in my uh, personal experience, like if I didn't like a girl, it's like, oh, why? why don't I like any girls? And it makes you feel like you're not normal, you know? Yeah. I think that a lot of parents do that. Um, I don't think a lot of the times they even mean to do it. It just, they just assume that their kids are straight because that's what's like quote unquote normal. And like, I don't know. I just remember growing up when people would be like, Oh, like, do you like any boys in my head? I'd be screaming like, why are you just asking me about boys? Like, you don't know who I like. And it's, it frustrated me so much, but it's also like, I think that, um, we all grew up like that. Just being like, Oh, girls like boys, boys like girls. Um, like Max said, very binary. And I think that we all need to break that down. And I think that this podcast is also a great way to do that because it's helping mend, um, like us kids who struggle with this with adults who might not really understand that as well. Yeah, but I think it's just kind of like not seeing it, even though it's there, you know, like we all assume that we're very open, but there are little things that kind of keep that binary structure. Um, And that kind of transitions into the next thing I wanted to talk about, like the structure of a very like boy girl world which is like the lack of education on LGBTQ plus studies. Like, for example, it's very broad, like sex ed. There's no, we don't learn about like LGBTQ plus sex and like what's safe for LGBTQ plus students or people in general. We don't learn about history the history of the lgbtq plus community and like famous figures that brought change and like broke down barriers and i think that's something that we should start including more because like the youth there's a lot of lgbtq plus um kids and teenagers now coming out who are comfortable with their sexualities and 
I think it's important that we have that education for them. So what do you guys think? I actually, I'm pretty passionate about this because history is like my favorite subject. I've always loved it and I've always been really good at it, but it's really frustrating to be learning history and be learning about openly LGBTQ plus people. And we just don't address that. Obviously who you like and your sexuality is not the most important thing, but in a history class, stuff like that is important because it's important to know that these people were also queer. And it's like, I feel like when we look at history and stuff and like the stuff that we learn, it feels like there was no queer people when that's just not the truth. Like we don't even learn about the Stonewall riots. Like I was talking about that with Julia earlier. Like we don't learn about that. And that's such a huge defining moment in history. And also like when two, when there's two people of the same gender and they're like really good friends or whatever, but they're actually dating historians are just like, they were just like really, really close friends. And it's like, no, they were dating, but you don't want to say that because it's too, I don't know, people just get too scared, but it's like, that's just, I don't know, it's just a part of life. Like, and it just is really frustrating to not see that. So about the really, really close friends thing, which I find really funny. Um, I saw this TikTok recently about how Lewis and Clark might've been um, lovers. They were, they did like, like each other. Like that was the whole thing. Yeah. It's in it the was, journals. Yeah. Uh, she, yeah, the person who made it went through and like read through all the things. It was so cool. And like, we never learned about that. And it would be so cool to have people to look up to that are queer. Like that's, I think that's, that's the main thing. Like, like Harvey Milk, for example, or like, or like uh, the former mayor of San Francisco or um, Frida Kahlo, they were both queer and like, they were both really amazing people. And I don't know, in, I think I've heard about Frida Kahlo's sexuality like once, but I don't even think we talked about it in class, but it would just be cool to, to know about that. Like there are prominent historical figures who are good, cool, interesting people who also happen to be queer and it's and it, it helps you it's something to look up to you know what I mean I also think kind of tying this into like English now is we read a lot of books by straight white men um example the great Gatsby which is just a horrible representation of the American dream anyways there are books written by people of color queer people women non-binary folk like there is a million really awesome books that represent the same themes that we learn in, the, in these English classes. And we just don't read them because they're like, well, it's like really classic literature, but it's like, if you want us to learn this one thing, why aren't you showing people that are like us? Like, I don't think I have read a book by a woman in school in like a long time, like in high school, maybe like once or twice. And it's, or by a queer person. I don't think I have ever. Or, and we don't even read books that have LGBTQ plus characters in them. And if we do, it's like on an optional reading list. It's never like a required book. And that's yeah. also frustrating to see because like, it, like Max says, like it alienates you. Like it makes you feel like this isn't normal. Like this is weird. Yeah. And I think just in general, like expansion on LGBTQ plus education in all areas is important. Like that's something that the school board should consider. Um, if you guys are listening to this, <laughs> I think it's really important. Max, did you want to add something? So 
I remember last year or maybe a few years ago, there was this picture book that happened to have gay characters in it. I don't, I don't know the specifics, but I know it had something to do with South Pasadena. Maybe I shouldn't be talking about this because I don't, I don't know much about it. But my point is that parents were concerned about their kids reading the book because there were gay, there was like, there were gay characters in it and they were afraid that it would give their kids ideas. Something I have to say about that. Books and gay characters will not give your kids ideas. If they are queer, they are queer and that nothing will change. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's there from the start. And I'm not discounting the fact that sexuality can change, but what I'm saying is that queer characters do not turn people gay. That's not how it works. So, yeah. Yeah, I literally was just going to say that, like, as you started talking about it, um, it's like you can't turn gay. And that's that's also a big thing that you hear a lot is like, oh, don't turn me gay. What? No, like, I'm obviously all for exploring your sexuality and stuff. That's a big part of life. And like Max said, it's not discrediting how sexuality can change and how it's fluid, but it's like, it's just not, that's just not how it works. Like, it literally is not how it works. Yeah, and I think that has to do with, like, parents discouraging their kids when they say it's just a phase. It might be a phase in that person's life, but you should support them either way and believe them. Don't, like, discourage their feelings if they're coming to you, telling, talking to you about this and opening up to you, because that... I don't know. It makes them feel small, like they're not normal, like we were saying earlier. Um, anything else you guys want to add? Okay, so moving on to the next topic of discussion, I wanted to um, talk about labeling with you guys, um, like labeling your sexuality. Um, is it okay to label or not label? Um, just kind of what you guys, your stance on that. Okay, I'll just say this quickly because I know Max wants to talk about this, but um, and I think he's about to say something similar to me, but I, I personally tell people that I'm queer and I, I think I tend to find myself telling people different things for what I think will be most digestible to them. Like, I really think deep down that I just prefer to be unlabeled and that I just, and that's why I think I tend to go to queer the most because it feels the most fluid and the most open. But in reality, I just consider myself like more unlabeled than anything. But like, I know for a long time I told people, oh, I'm bi or whatever, just cause it's a lot, a lot of people understand that more and they, they're like, oh, okay. And it's more, like I said earlier, digestible for them. But I think it's perfectly fine to not label yourself and you never have to come out either. Like that's no one's business. Like I never did. I just like, when people would ask me who I liked and it was a girl, I'd just say it. Or if, you know, whatever, like, it's just, I don't find it to be anyone's business. And that's why labeling isn't like the most important thing in, in the world. But sometimes that's a big deal to people. And they take a lot of pride in that. <coughs> Sorry. They take a lot of pride in coming out and labeling their sexuality. And that's 100% fine too. It's totally fine to have pride in that. It's just some people prefer for it to be a little bit less of a big deal. Yeah, it's literally your preference. I completely agree. And something funny that I just wanted to share. I literally came out to everyone on Snapchat two years ago, went on the beginning, the beginning of quarantine. I had one of my friends ask 
are you gay on a YOLO thing? And I said, yeah, I am. So that's how I came out to everyone. And then YOLO is like an anonymous thing on Snapchat. You can ask anonymous questions for the people that don't know. Yeah, for the adults. Um, so <laughs> I don't know. I, I did that and that's completely fine. But a lot of people may want to make it more formal. They may want to make it less formal, may not want to say anything. That's completely fine. And the other thing too, going back to Franny, like in freshman year, I thought that I was bi, but I label myself as gay now because I'm not necessarily like sexually attracted to women. Like it's exclusively men, but there's like emotional attraction. And I'm not sure if I can explain this properly, but I think there are different types of attraction that it isn't purely sexual attraction where you can still be like attracted to a person. And that's a thing. And I've definitely experienced that with like every gender. So I label myself as gay because it's majority men, but there are exceptions and that's completely fine. I just think it's, it's definitely easier and I, I'm okay with that. Piggybacking off what Max said, um, I think that as someone who likes everyone just for gender doesn't matter, I think it's also normal for that to fluctuate. Like there are some days or even months where I will like men a lot more than I like women or non-binary people, or I'll feel a lot more attraction to non-binary people than women and men or whatever. And it, it changes it. Sometimes it's daily, weekly, monthly. It can even be years that you feel more attraction to other people. It's never 50-50. And I think... I can't personally speak for all bisexual people because I don't really identify as bisexual, but I think a lot of them feel that pressure of like, oh, it needs to be 50-50 or I need to have a preference or whatever. But you, you really don't. It's just who you like. Yeah. And I think it's just personal and specific to that person. It really depends on how they feel about labeling. Um, like for Max, you know, he is exclusively into men so he prefers to use the label and franny we have both ends of the spectrum like talking about labeling which i think is really cool um and i think you kind of sparked a little thing in my brain franny with what you just said um i was watching this video on youtube and this woman was talking about kind of the connections to um sexuality and gender identity and in a lot of ways I do think there's um connections between the two and she was saying that now that we have a lot more people and young people especially coming out as queer or a part of the LGBTQ plus community and who are so open to being in a relationship with anyone and being attracted to anyone, no matter what their gender is, the lines that structure the gender binary start to blur a little more. Yeah, I think there's like a lot of interconnectedness between sexuality and like gender identity. Not always, but but also at the same time, like I think the difference between the two is with gender identity, it's important that you understand and respect other people's labels and you tell people your, you know, pronouns and stuff. But with sexual orientation, it's personal. Like, you don't have to share that with the world. You can keep it to yourself. And I think I wanted to ask you guys, like, 
what do you think is it do you I wanted to ask you guys is it appropriate to ask somebody their sexual orientation like what do you guys think about that okay I think the only acceptable way to like really bring that up is if you're trying to like pursue someone and they're maybe of the same gender as you or maybe if they're not even and just being like hey I am attracted to you or whatever but I don't know your sexuality like I don't want to obviously like make you uncomfortable other than that it's literally like not your business at all like you can have your own speculations and thoughts of who is gay and who is not but you don't have to tell people that you don't have to go up to them and be like oh my god are you gay like that's not your that's not your business yeah and going back to more parents and adults in general for those of you who have kids do not ask them their sexuality don't ask them to out themselves to you I've argued with my dad about this so many times and you know I tell him like it's not your business it's up to the person to share that information with you you don't ask someone that and his argument is you know well you're my son and I want to know what's going on in your life and I don't I still don't think that that matters I don't really have a good rebuttal to make him change his mind, but please like, don't do that. You need to respect people's boundaries. And it's, it's an invasion of, okay. It's, it's something that people think about and kind of struggle with in the sense that you're, you're afraid to talk to anyone about it. So it's this thing. Um, and you feel like you have no outlets almost sometimes. It's already, kind of a lot of pressure to like be in the closet and to not really like feel comfortable talking about that especially with parents and it just brings on a whole new pressure when parents are like well like just like just be open like we support you it's like I have the most supportive friends in the world and I was terrified to tell them because as an LGBTQ plus person it's you just uh, you assume the worst you think that they're going to all be homophobic secretly and hate you if you say that so I think that that's a really big thing that parents need to understand is that like like your kids are scared like they most likely are terrified because it's really scary and it's scary to go through that alone and you just need to be supportive of them but don't pressure them there's a big difference between support and pressure yeah so it's a really personal thing yeah, and I think a, a lot of the times when I'm talking to adults about sexual orientation and they're telling me about um, a child or a teenager who has come out to them, this is, I'm talking about parents and their own children here, but um, they're confused on like how crazy it is, quote unquote, that their child is like figuring this out so early on and they're questioning this like realization when I don't think that's very healthy um, because if you're, first of all, if your child comes out to you, they're trusting you with this big thing and they're asking you to accept them for who they are and telling them that it's a phase or like, it's just, like they don't know what they're talking about like when they say they're bisexual or gay or lesbian or whatever it's it's 
harmful to the child's like exploration and like Franny and Max were saying like they're probably scared to tell you because you're their parents and you want them to accept you for who you are yeah I think something a personal experience of mine I literally had to come come out to my parents three times before they believed me and you know it's like I I'm building up all this courage to tell you such an extremely personal part of myself. I'm about to, per- I'm about to anxious puke all over myself. And you say that it's like the most underwhelming, disappointing, limiting thing you could say to your child. Like, oh, it's a phase. Yeah. Um, I think it's really important for parents to be supportive when their child is exploring their sexual orientation because I don't think anybody wants to feel that way. And I think, you know, if that happens to a teenager where their parents are skeptical or um, invalidate their feelings, um, I think it traumatizes that person to ever coming out to anyone else because then you're just scared everyone's going to act that way. Obviously, I don't know from experience, but... um, I've heard from others in their own experience that um, their feelings around this. Like you guys, my friends. Yeah. Um, Kind of, once again, piggybacking off of what you said is, I think that a big reason why I didn't, I don't come out to people and I haven't really, even though I have super supportive friends and family and I know that they don't care at all, is just that I've seen it firsthand and how bad some parents react like honestly max like when i heard about your experience with your parents it did it scared me a little bit and it it scared me like it made me sad for you and it scared me for you because you shouldn't have to go home to that you shouldn't have to go home to people who don't love and support you and that is the reality for so many people and i think that i'm very lucky that i have super supportive people and i think max can attest to that too that we have really great friends but some people don't some people have literally no one and so parents like you need to be there for your kids like because sometimes you are the only people that they have because they'll go to school and they'll get harassed I we're lucky because we don't experience that as much I think Max can attest to saying that he has experienced stuff like that like homophobia at school but you shouldn't have to experience that at home like at all or anywhere but especially at home. Yeah, home should be your safe space. And like, don't make note to parents and honestly, anyone in general, maybe don't make any more homophobic, transphobic jokes because that does still hit. And like, if I hear someone saying, oh, that's so gay, that's not cool to joke about. And it just pushes the person further away from you if they're if they are a part of the LGBTQ plus community and not discouraging their um, sexual orientation. Yeah, so uh, piggybacking off of what Julia was just saying. um, The other thing, okay, I'm about to say something that my dad has said that was not good, but I have educated both my parents on this and they don't do stuff like this anymore. 
it took a long time but um in sophomore year i think like right when covid started i was watching this youtube video this guy called his channel is called hot Lamode, and he like makes fashion videos and he presents himself like very femininely and my dad i didn't even have the audio on but my dad was like watching his mannerisms and my dad was like oh like what's he talking about like oh my god like he likes clothes and like he he said that to me and i was livid i was so angry because it's just these little jokes that you know i hoped that we were all past um as a society which we clearly aren't um and and i told him i was like please don't joke about this this was even before i came out to him but i was like don't joke about this this is destructive this isn't okay it's not even funny you're just you're being like rude so yeah just don't do that and the other thing too i was scared to tell my dad because he would make jokes like that all the time and it's like i don't i didn't want him to associate me with being gay like there's there there there's a there's a sometimes there's like when you're in the closet you feel very shameful for like the way that you are and it takes a lot of time and effort to come to accept yourself and that goes back to franny's thing like parents you need to support your kids because it's it's very like emotionally taxing yeah i think starting off like not raising your kids with constantly making jokes about sexuality or gender like I think that's important so they feel comfortable coming out to you if they happen to be a part of the LGBTQ plus community and I think Max was talking about like his uh, story with his dad I think it's important not to like make fun of like stereotypes because I feel like we see that a lot in the media like glee has a lot of like kind of offensive stereotypes um where like at its time when it came out like it was super inclusive but now that we have dived deeper into this area of like being accepting and um I think it's important to not feed into those stereotypes because they can be harmful and just, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> One thing I do actually want to say about Glee that's positive is I think for a lot of people, that was actually like the first mainstream representation of queer people, especially of two women, like lesbian, like a lesbian relationship, or I don't, I don't think Brittany identifies as a lesbian in the show. I'm not... 100 percent sure but santana santana i know identifies as lesbian um so that was it is really great to see i wish they obviously had done it in a done it in like a less sexualized fetishy way because looking back it definitely is and also the, i think the way they portray kurt is a little bit stereotypical as well but that was definitely a show for a lot of people that kind of helped them realize like oh this but also at the same time those characters were considered like the freaks or like the weird kids so it definitely was harmful in that way yeah and I think you know there are going to be people who are very flamboyant and super like there are going to be flamboyant gay men but there are also masculine gay men like it there are 
you don't have to associate that super like feminine stereotype with gay men like not that there's anything wrong with that but yes not that there's anything wrong with that i'm just saying in general you know and not all gay women are super masculine i just there are very hyper feminine gay women and there are very masculine gay women and there's also people in between and like when people tell you oh i had no idea that you were gay or whatever that because you don't dress like this or you don't do this that's harmful because it's like you don't look one way you just look like you like the way you dress isn't sometimes it's you know influenced by your sexuality but a lot of the time it isn't a lot of the time it's just who you are yeah i think that goes for labeling too it really is personal to the person it depends on how you feel and how you express your own sexual identity or no sexual orientation anything else you guys want to let parents know who are listening like a final summary of what you want them to keep in their minds after this episode yeah i just i want to let parents know that um it's really difficult for teens or for anyone to understand their sexuality and not deal with it because it's not like there's anything wrong with it it's just like you associate being queer with it being bad or being weird or being wrong and it's really harmful to people's self-worth and self-esteem first of all but also just like me for instance like I didn't really have anyone to talk to about anything regarding my sexuality I was too afraid to so it's really difficult to do that alone by yourself So, you know, just please like support your kids. Don't ask them what their sexuality is because it's a really difficult thing. Yeah. And I think like if you're 11 year old child or younger or older, whatever teen comes to you with, uh, if they come out to you, please don't discourage their feelings because If they're telling you this, they're probably exploring. They're probably a part of the LGBTQ plus community. And because it's opening up, they probably know what it is and know what they're talking about. So listen to them. Yeah. And just another thing, like, um, I know it's like confusing for a lot of parents and I get that a hundred percent. There's a lot of, as you know, this has become more I don't really like the word like normal because it's always been normal, but as a lot more people are open to discussion about stuff like this, it is important to, like Max and Julia said, just listen to your kids and understand that Julia also said this, but they know what they're talking about. It's not, they're not being influenced by other people. If they truly feel that way, they feel that way. It's not, you know, it's not whatever. And it might be confusing at first and you might not get it, but don't be like, okay, well, I don't get it. So that's your problem. If you don't get it, you need to figure that out on your own time. And it should not be your kid's responsibility to educate you because that's on you, like 100%. And it also, it is confusing because sometimes it's like you want to help them so bad, but being overbearing and smothering just sometimes makes it worse. So just be there, but don't like, I don't know, don't try and make it their whole life. Because your sexuality is not your entire life, you know? Yeah. 
you're just you and that's okay and just treat them like you would treat them as you did before like they're your child <laughs> um anything else be nope. who you are for your pride <laughs> be <laughs> who you are <laughs> thank you so much to max and franny for coming on this episode and talking about um, sexual orientation with me. I think, you know, for the most part, we're stepping in a progressive direction with this, but there still are people who don't accept this. And I think we dove deeper into this topic. And I want to thank you guys, my dear friends. Thank you so much for having us. I think this podcast is genuinely really awesome. I'm not even just saying that because I'm your friend, but it is really cool. And I think it's just a great way to um, mend parental relationships. Franny froze. <laughs> Guys, Franny's frozen. Um, I can add on to what Franny was saying, because I definitely agree. I, I really enjoy what this podcast is doing. And I really hope that we helped um, parents understand a little bit more about sexuality. And also, um, I was glad to, you know, share a little bit and talk talk about myself I love doing that yeah I think your personal experiences really showed our audience like that you know what you guys deal with is really real and it's still around and I thank you guys for opening up about it because it's hard for some people to do um so yeah thank y'all I want to give a big shout out to my wonderful guests, Franny Knight and Max Jimenez, who helped me dive deeper into the large topic of sexual orientation. We talked about homophobia in schools, labeling, and how to be supportive of your child who might be exploring their sexuality. I want all of those listening to keep in mind the importance of supporting your loved ones no matter who they choose to love. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can email me at thedearparentspodcast at gmail.com, and I will be posting resources on streaming platforms under the description of the episode. Thank you all so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.